What are the evolving fraud threats, and what are some of the evolving solutions? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about the 2012 Faces of Fraud survey. I'm talking with Terry Austin. He's the President and CEO of Guardian Analytics. Terry, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Let's dive right in and talk about online fraud threats. You've had an opportunity to review our survey results. What do they tell you about the evolution of these threats and how prepared banks are or are not to face them? Sure. Well, um, from our perspective, it looks like not a lot's changed in the last year, even though there's been a lot of activity. You know, 82% of your respondents said that fraud threats have increased. The online threat has stayed very high, and um, you know I thought it was interesting that only 28% said that they were prepared for a basic uh, phishing or vishing attack. Mobile threats are a big growing concern over the last year, and only about 14% said they're prepared to detect and prevent mobile fraud. So that's a big uh, growing area of concern. So you know our conclusion is that as FIs look at this and plan their investments. They have to really keep in mind that while online fraud is growing and, and a very dramatic problem, it's also a gateway to all the other types of offline fraud. So it, it has a compounding effect. And you know, obviously the FFIEC issued updated guidance this year, and they explicitly included anomaly detection in the guidance as a way to combat this growing threat in online and mobile fraud. And, and I think they included it because it's been proven to work. So that's the big takeaway and question from the survey and from what's going on in the market. Terry, one of the things that stands out is when we ask respondents about the total cost of a breach, not just dollars but beyond dollars. What strikes you when you look at some of the, the hard and soft costs of a data breach? Well, you know, the hard costs are obviously the, the fraud losses themselves and then any, any money that's spent on investigation, forensics, if there's any legal implications between the financial institution and their customers or any legal uh, costs in pursuing the criminals. So all of those are, are quantifiable, although they're often not accumulated together as one way of looking at the hard costs of fraud. But then even more importantly is the soft costs, in my opinion. You know, the hit to reputation that a financial institution can take if there is a publicized or publicly acknowledged fraud loss or a case between a financial institution and their customer, the, the impact on the reputation of a financial institution can be pretty profound. You know, that can lead to customer churn or more difficulty achieving growth metrics or revenue metrics. So the soft costs, I think, in a lot of ways can outweigh the substantial hard costs in these fraud events. Yeah, that struck me as well, especially when you see close to 60% of institutions saying that productivity is one of the biggest hits they, they get when there's an incident. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Just the productivity hit and following up, investigating, doing the forensics, and dealing with all the aftermath of a fraud event can, can outweigh the financial costs. Terry, one of the things that uh, the, the trends that has grown and not in the right way is that Customers tend to be the best line of a breach detection. We've got 82% of institutions saying they first hear about a fraud incident from their customers. Where are institutions failing in that their customers are their best line of detection? 
The fact that it continues that the number one fraud detection technique is when a customer notices money missing is pretty big indictment of what financial institutions are doing to be proactive. Institutions really need to find the techniques to identify fraud much earlier in the process. Waiting until the money's gone and the customer notices just is not good enough. And there are techniques that can be used to detect fraud um, and the precursors to fraud much, much earlier in the process. And financial institutions just need to step up and take those techniques on. Terry, one of the things that jumps out, probably the first thing that jumps out, is that institutions, 58% of them, expect some sort of an increase in their fraud-fighting resources this year. And yet following that, they don't seem to understand the basic requirements of the FFIEC guidance, the biggest guidance to come out in the last year. What's the nature of this disconnect? They've got resources, but they don't understand the basic tenets of the guidance that's in front of them right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, the the thing where there is an understanding or it seems to be more understanding is doing a risk assessment. So the financial institutions seem to have figured out to a large degree that they have to do a risk assessment. And a lot of them are telling us that's what they're going to do as a starting point. Then they're going to use that as a way to adhere to the guidance. But I suspect that the sense of urgency really has to pick up. I think it needs to go beyond doing the risk assessment and actually start implementing the behavior-based anomaly detection solution, which is a minimum expectation. So we're seeing a lot of our customers really take that on board. And even small institutions that, you know, have become increasingly targets of fraud are able to very effectively get a risk assessment completed and meet the minimum expectation around anomaly detection and and behavior-based predictive detection solutions that have been proven to work and that the FFIEC has said are needed. So, you know, I just think that there's this grappling with and coming to terms with what the guidance really says and the urgency needs to pick up. And I think your survey really supported the fact that there's still a lack of understanding. There's still some education that's needed. For the end of the day, it's very clear what the guidance says. And we are seeing some of the customers we work with and, and banks we talk to getting the sense of urgency. And I think that's just going to increase by necessity throughout the rest of this year. Terry, I've got to ask you a question as a service provider now because there's an interesting message that came through about vendors. Institutions seem to have an instinctual faith in their service providers, particularly when it comes to helping them conform with the FFIEC guidance. But they aren't necessarily confident that the service providers can deliver effective solutions needed to conform to the guidance. How do you reconcile those two very clear statements? In one hand, They've got some faith, but on the other, they don't consider the solutions necessarily effective. Yeah, it's an interesting paradox. I think the solution providers, the service providers, play such an important role with the financial institutions that they really come to rely on them as the source of information and the source of uh, direction for the solutions they can put in place. At the same time, I think there's a recognition that fraud detection is hard it requires very deep set of expertise and many years to develop an effective solution. So since the most service providers don't really have something in place today, I think there's a market recognition that it's, a, it's going to be a long time coming before a service provider can, can step up and take this on. And, and we would suggest that it's not really the strong suit of the platform providers and that it's not something they should invest in depth in 
but really look to the vendor community and partner with the vendor community to provide these solutions to their financial institution customers. And that we're seeing that really um, accelerate in our business, where many of the service providers that we've kind of coexisted with are now looking to us to form partnerships to really provide this capability to their customers. And I, I think that's ultimately how this is going to get reconciled. Terry, a few minutes ago you talked about, mo- about mobility. Uh, one of the gaps that our respondents told us that they saw in the FFIEC guidance was mobility. No mention specifically of mobile banking. Now you've come out with a mobile banking solution. Maybe you can talk about this gap that banking customers perceive and how your solution may help them going forward. Yeah, you know, interestingly, we've had discussions with some of the regulators about mobile, and while they did indicate in the guidance that there was more to come on mobile, they've consistently said, and I think it's even written in the guidance, they've consistently said that this e-banking directive does cover mobile. We think that financial institutions do need to consider mobile as and mobile fraud as they grow their mobile offerings. So, you know, the marketplace is, is in a lot of turmoil right now around mobile because on one hand, there's a big competitive push to have mobile offerings, to, to be part of the mobile wave and the mobile trend, but it's also a huge vulnerability. It's largely unprotected data. We're seeing an escalating amount of malware that's specifically designed for the mobile device. And our sense is that, that the, the criminal network is just really waiting for this explosion in growth in mobile banking to exploit that, and they're preparing all the malware and tools to take advantage of that. And, you know, adoption, the number one thing that's blocking mobile adoption in, in, in banking right now is customer concern around security. So there's sort of the perfect storm of events occurring and brewing that we saw as a real opportunity to come to market with a very comprehensive solution that leverages all of our years of experience in behavior-based anomaly detection for the online banking channel and applies it to the specific use cases that are associated with mobile banking. So we've gotten very specific in all the mobile activity sets and the unique behavioral models for each individual user in the mobile banking environment. You know, what networks they're using, what do they do, what types of transactions do they do over the mobile device. So we announced this week, actually, the introduction of FraudMap Mobile. We've already got some early adopter customers using the solution very effectively. So we're very excited about being able to be part of this big wave of growth in mobile and provide the fraud and security solution that I think the market really needs in this uh, emerging space. Just a final question for you, Terry. We've talked about the FFIEC guidance, and certainly we've talked about fraud trends. Going forward, what's your best advice for institutions to be both compliant with the guidance and to be able to reduce their incidence of online fraud? You know, Tom, it's it's really uh, not as complicated as some will make it seem. Um, I think the FFIEC was was right on the money in in moving away from authentication, talking about layered security and risk assessments, and specifically calling for anomaly detection as the minimum expectation. So I think for a financial institution today, don't wait. Get on the risk assessment. Make it a dynamic process and part of your environment. There's a lot of help out in the market to get those risk assessments done. 
And your starting point has to be this minimum requirement that the uh, FFIEC dictated. You need to find the right behavior monitoring and anomaly detection solution. And the good news is it's proven. The FFIEC pointed this out because it's proven it works. It scales to any size institution. It's readily available on the market. There's literally hundreds of financial institutions who are successfully using this technique today. So it's really, it's kind of a no-brainer. That's the starting point. Meet the minimum expectation. And, you know, the financial institutions that we work with that have been through their FDIC or OCC exams already this year and have uh, been held to task on the FFIEC guidance have come through with flying colors because they really address the minimum expectation around anomaly detection. So this is something that can be addressed easily and readily today, and you know banks can go on to worry about other things that are on their agenda. Terry, as always, thank you for your time and your insights. Thanks so much, Tom. We've been talking about the faces of fraud. I've been talking with Terry Austin, President and CEO of Guardian Analytics. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.